We got bragging rights tonight, the bowl game tomorrow, and I've got a couple bold predictions about Luther Burden and this Missouri offense, plus even more, coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And this episode of Locked on Mizzou is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss tonight's bragging rights matchup right here on Sling TV, of course, via the SEC network. Sling, the TV you love for a price you'll love Try it today. And yes, of course, the Gasparilla Bowl will be on ESPN via Sling TV tomorrow as well. And if you haven't noticed, also judging by my attire, it's a little bit chilly here in the Midwest, but I'm going to warm you up right now with my Missouri takes. And I'll tell you, if you look at Wake Forest, let's start off with football here. If you look at Wake Forest season in totality, It's pretty impressive. In fact, I'd put it at least on par with Missouri's season. But it's hard not to notice that the Demon Deacons played their best football in the first half of the season. And that's with, by the way, their quarterback, Sam Hartman, missing some time at that point. The last few games of the year, it just didn't seem like the Deacons came in with much momentum or a whole lot of success to end the season. Now, One thing that people are talking about a lot and have been already is the type of offense that Wake Forest runs, and that's the slow mesh concept. That's something that people have really focused on. And in my opinion, well, the slow mesh is just a little bit overblown in terms of how much Wake Forest actually runs that concept. It's basically a run-pass option that the Deacons will hold on to, the quarterback Hartman, will hold it on to a lot longer than most. You see, for the most part, run-pass options, it's more of a quick one-to-two-second, either hand it off or get the ball off type of deal. Well, and then your your offensive lineman can then get downfield. Well, the way Wake Forest runs these plays a lot, the offensive linemen really stay at the line of scrimmage for the entire time, never really release. So, And just the, the length of time, that they spend faking and selling that run fake or indeed handing it off at the very last second, boy, that's, it is tough to defend, especially around the, in the red zone area and short yardage. And discipline is an absolute must on the back end. But the reason I think it's a little bit overrated, you watch Wake Forest play, if it's third and eight, I mean, they're just going to drop back and shotgun and throw the ball like – Basically, any other offense you're going to see each and every Saturday. And they'll do that on plenty of other standard downs as well. But obviously, so to me, you watch them, though, it's not the offense that stands out. It's the quarterback. It's Sam Hartman. Hartman is very, very accurate and obviously knows this offense inside and out. This is his fifth year in college. So the question is, and for as good as Missouri's defense has been this season, can Missouri stop Wake Forest? Considering that Isaiah McGuire 
DJ Coleman are not going to play in this ball game? Will Missouri have enough pass rush? To me, that's a, a huge unknown right now. And I'm also not sure because even though Chris Abrams Drain and Ennis Rakestraw will be in this ball game, are two excellent corners, I'm not sure that Missouri is going to want to play as much zero coverage against this team. In other words, being as aggressive, not having safeties deep, and basically daring you to pass the ball, that's something Missouri did effectively even against the Georgia Bulldogs for most of that football game. I'm just not sure that that is going to be the plan that's going to be effective against Wake Forest. It's going to be really interesting to see. And also, well, frankly, the Tennessee Volunteers at the end of the season showed that there's a bit of a, an opportunity to throw against Missouri's safeties as well. On the other hand, while Wake Forest really impressive on offense, Sam Hartman in particular is impressive, Hartman will throw the ball up for grabs on occasion. So I think there will be turnover opportunities for Missouri. Just a question will be, can they take advantage of it or not? Now on the other side of the football, the Wake Forest defense is is not very good. Statistically, well, it depends on what numbers you're looking at. I've seen a lot of numbers thrown out in terms of pass yardage given up per game that makes Wake Forest look like one of the absolute worst defenses in college football. But then if you get to some more advanced statistics, overall Wake Forest looks a little bit better. Still slightly below average, but not as much of a sieve as you might imagine. In fact, quite a bit better than Kansas's defense. No, no, not bringing that up for any particular reason, by the way. But yes, Kansas's defense, 107th according to FPI, whereas Wake Forest is 73rd. You can really see why Missouri would want to duck that. Heavy sarcasm intended. But I guess the question is, is even though this Wake Forest defense has been below average, well, it's fair to say that for most of the season, the Missouri offense was below average as well. But... It got better the last fourth of the season or so. Will Missouri miss Bush Hamden for this game? Well, in this particular game, I, I actually kind of doubt it. I, I think Eli Drinkwitz will stick with what worked for the last few games for Missouri. In particular, Brady Cook running the football, whether it was design runs, more keepers on the backside, or indeed, just more scrambles. A lot of time, a Brady Cook scramble was one of the best plays offensively that Missouri has had the last few weeks. And and by the way, speaking of the quarterback position, let's let's just go. I just want to go back to Sam Hartman for just one second because I find this just incredibly interesting. Now, the guy is not the biggest prospect in the world. I think his size is probably going to hold him back in terms of actually being a first round type NFL player. So actually, Hartman has a really interesting decision this year because he's already indicated that while he's he's going to play in this bowl game by, by all indications, he's also said that this is his last year at Wake Forest. And my assumption was, well, obviously that means this fifth-year player is going to go off to the NFL. But hold on. Not so fast, my friends, because, well... As we know, the COVID year, 2020, that gave everybody an extra year. Sam Hartman is no exception. So while in previous years it would have been an obvious decision that someone like Hartman, who's had a ton 
of experience in college football. He's tied as the all-time ACC touchdown pass leader, in fact. Well, obviously, it's kind of go or get off the pod, as they say. But in this new world of name, image, and likeness, there are some big-time programs out there who would love to rent Sam Hartman for a season, and there are some boosters out there who would pay him some big-time money to do it. And according to Dave Clawson, Wake Forest coach, he's already addressing this despite the fact that, well, obviously his quarterback is still on the roster, not in the transfer portal. He says, whatever decisions Sam makes, we support him. When the bowl game is over, if there's some incredible offer for him to go to another school and get life-changing money, how can we fault him for that? Well, that's certainly an admirable way to look at it without question. And if you've got five years out of the guy, it's easier to say than maybe if you've gotten one or two out of a guy like, you know, Missouri did with Dominic Lovett or say Jackson State did with Travis Hunter. And coming up, let's talk about the Bragging Rights basketball game against the Illini. Plus, I do have some bold predictions about Luther Burden and this Missouri offense for the Gasparilla Bowl. But first, I want to tell you today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Yes, our friends at Bet Online have you covered with everything you could possibly imagine in the wagering world, including the Gasparilla Bowl, including the Missouri Illinois game. Missouri, a five point underdog against the Illini currently. Tigers also two point underdogs. Against Wake Forest, that line hasn't moved a whole lot here in the past few weeks. Also, the total of 59, I got to say, I would have leaned toward the over, and I think that our friends over at Bet Online are on to that. That's a pretty good number. But again, I want to tell you some other numbers that I'm interested in coming right up. But first, once again, whether it is college football, college basketball, or the pros, soccer, esports, combat sports, regardless of what you're into, we've got you covered over at Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked On Sports today, the biggest stories in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. That's Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And maybe this is me being overly optimistic once again, but I'm starting to hope that maybe Missouri is catching Illinois at the right time. Again, that may be optimistic. But hear me out, because this is a really good Illinois basketball team. I'm not going to sugarcoat it whatsoever. According to KenPom.com, the fourth best team in the country right now, the UCLA Bruins, the sixth best team is Texas. And, well, despite some off-the-court issues there in Texas, huh, with Chris Beard, uh, best, let's, let's skip past that, shall we? But... Texas, UCLA, two top six teams there. Illini have two wins on neutral courts over each of them. So that's a really impressive beginning to your resume right there. But last couple games, not as impressive. Last game, Illinois 
Ended up winning by 21 against a very poor Alabama A&M team. I mean, I'm telling you, Alabama A&M, statistically at least, is as bad as anybody that Missouri has played so far this season. But Illini only led that game by one point with about 11 minutes left. So obviously they finished there on a, a big flurry to win the game by 21, but still... Just not sure that Illinois is playing its la- its best basketball here over the last couple weeks. But certainly you got to expect Brad Underwood and his squad will get up for Missouri. Illinois tends to own the paint, by the way. Not only this season, but most seasons in general. But certainly this season, statistically, they're good on the inside, defending the paint and scoring in the paint, too. So Missouri likely going to have to shoot the ball well from the three-point line, as it did against UCF, and move the ball well as well. Now, here's the thing, though. Illinois does play at a pretty fast tempo. Not as fast as the Tigers, mind you, but at the very least, this should be an entertaining basketball game, and, and one that tends to, at least pace-wise, favor the type of game that Missouri plays. Now, as we saw against Kansas, just because you try to play fast and wide open doesn't mean that a team with more talent can't take advantage of some of the things that you're doing. Missouri, it's full-court pressing style. Will it do that as much against Illinois? I, I think it'll probably try because of the amount of guards, freshman guards that Illinois has. On the other hand, Terrence Shannon a six foot six, two fifteen wing type player, guy who can handle the ball as well. He's a transfer from Texas Tech. That's the reason you ha- probably haven't heard of him, perhaps from previous seasons. But yeah, <laughs> normally, by the way, Illinois usually has a a lead guard that seems like he's been in college for about nine seasons. But that guy, along with the gigantic white boy who is instantly going to annoy all of us. Well, those guys are absent from this team, but statistically, though, a lot of the better parts of Brad Underwood's Illinois teams are are certainly present here. This is going to be a tough challenge for the Tigers, but hey, again, I, I think it really is going to come down to can Missouri get good shots off from the three-point line and knock them down? If they're able to, it's going to be a good basketball game and a competitive one at that. Now back to football here for just a minute. I already mentioned that the total for the game is 59 points, and I would definitely lean over in this particular case, despite the fact that, well, all season I was riding those Missouri unders on the totals to a lot of success, but this is just feeling like a high-scoring game to me. On the other hand, if you can find some other props as we get closer, I, I have a couple bold predictions because... I think this is going to be Luther Burden's best receiving yardage game of the season, in large part because, well, number one, it's not a huge number to go over on. 66 yards was Luther's high for the season. I don't think that's exactly a gigantic number, but considering Dominic Lovett is no longer there, I think Missouri and Eli Drinkwitz will make a concerted effort to get Luther the football Not only for, well, hey, let's win the game reasons, but also for future recruiting reasons, for signaling reasons, for to be like, hey, guess what? You want to be a big-time receiver at Missouri? We will get you the football. Don't you worry that. And also, hey, as East St. Louis teammate, let's tell those guys, everybody in that area, don't you worry whatsoever. St. Louis, 
folks, Mizzou football is still a place to be. But I, I just think I have all the feelings that Luther is going to have a big game. And because of that, you know, Wake Forest secondary, also out a couple of defensive backs, Gavin Holmes and J.J. Roberts have opted out of this game for Wake Forest. Again, a weak pass defense that's down a couple of defenders in the back end. That just screams like a big game. And I think Missouri's going to need Luther in this ball game. So I think over 66 yards for his biggest output of the season. That's one bold prediction. Again, another bold prediction here. I think Missouri scores the most points it has all season in this ball game against a Power 5 opponent. Now again, you look at it, maybe that isn't such a bold prediction. Because in fact, the most points Missouri scored against a Power 5 opponent was... Just last week, their previous game, not last week, but last game against Arkansas, 29-28, to that Missouri victory. So yes, I think Missouri will get 30 or more in this ball game. If you can bet that over at BetOnline the next day or two, or anywhere else for that matter, but why would you go anywhere else? Well, I would take it. And coming up more on Luther Burden's role next season, In this Missouri offense, Eli Drinkwitz explains that his role is going to change quite a bit with Dominic Lovett out of the fold. But you know what? First, I want to tell you about LinkedIn jobs. These days, anytime you hire somebody, well, it feels like a big-time gamble. So you want to be as close to 100% sure that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. Well, that's why you have LinkedIn jobs, who helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Once again, LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. By the way, allow me to correct myself here at the top. I said Missouri, a five point underdog to Illinois, excuse me, will make it six and a half, actually, including plus 230 on the money line if you want to take the Tigers. To win straight up over at betonline.net. But you know what? Let's get back to the football field for a little bit once again. Eli Drinkwitz talking about what it's going to look like for Luther Burden next season. Of course, yesterday was signing day for Missouri. Not a ton of huge surprises to talk about, but I do want to talk about Theo Weiss, the transfer, former five-star receiver, by the way, transfer from Oklahoma. Drinkwood says he allows us to really have the opportunity to play him at the X. This is John talking now, meaning outside receiver. And potentially move Luther around in our offense a little bit. We really felt like in order for Luther to be successful as he could this year, we needed to kind of put him in a position. Now that we have Theo who can handle that X, that will allow us to move Lou around and kind of create some matchup issues. Well, to me, that says I I think Luther Burden will probably 
be playing the slot position. I guess the explosive slot position as opposed to maybe more of the possession slot position that Barrett Bannister would man if you're going to run two slots at the same time, that is. But I think Luther really actually fits in that position quite well. Maybe more so than the outside, just because Luther, for all of his excellent qualities, is not, you know, six foot four or five. He's maybe closer to six foot two, that type of thing. So maybe the inside allows him to use his explosive, especially once he gets his the ball in his hands, he's as explosive as anybody we've seen at Missouri for a long, long time. So he's a little bit closer to the quarterback. Maybe you can get him the ball a little bit quicker. Those jet sweeps maybe make even a little bit more sense. I just like the fit. I really do. But you know what? Regardless of who is making those decisions next year, it's going to be somebody, and almost certainly Missouri is going to hire an offensive coordinator. There's no chance that the athletic department just gave Eli Drinkwitz another $1.2 million to just give everybody else a raise. That's that's not happening. I'm sorry. That would be a nice Christmas present for everybody, I'm sure. But that isn't how this works. And in fact, speaking of guys who may have been the offensive coordinator, Bush Hamden talking with Boise State media. He said down the stretch versus Tennessee and Arkansas and having the success that Missouri had, putting the game plans together, you certainly got that itch to be doing it again. So that says to me that Bush obviously wanted to be the offensive coordinator somewhere. And if he thought, well, I don't have 100% certainty it's going to be me at Missouri, I'm going to jump on an opportunity to go back and work for my alma mater. You know, I, I, I totally get that. I can't blame him, but certainly in a perfect world as a Missouri fan, I would have liked to have kept Bush around as the quarterback's coach and possibly the offensive coordinator as well, but not going to happen. So, even though Drinkwitz, again, is going to be calling the plays during the Gasparilla Bowl tomorrow, I still 99% sure there's going to be an offensive coordinator for Missouri next season. What exactly that person's job is going to look like, I'm not sure, but obviously that extra over a million bucks was to improve that side of the football. And finally, there's reporting going around that Missouri receiver Towski Dove is going to enter the transfer portal, play one more season at another institution. However, Towski is going to play tomorrow in the Gasparilla Bowl. He went through the senior day ceremonies. Also, defensive tackle Realis George will be back for Missouri for another season. And finally, in another bit of transfer portal news, for Mizzou quarterback Tyler Macon, Speaking of East St. Louis prospects, Tyler Macon has committed now to Alcorn State. So best of luck to him. I was a I was a big believer in Tyler Macon coming out of high school. Just never quite worked out, obviously. So who knows? Maybe at Steve McNair's alma mater, maybe things will click for the former Elite 11 prospect. But you know what? Hopefully this episode has clicked for you. Really enjoyed doing it, as always. And, of course, on tomorrow's show, we're going to talk about whatever happened in the Missouri-Illinois game. And, well, I don't know about timing, right? Because then there's going to be the Gasparilla Bowl at about 5. Am I going to do a Saturday show? Haven't quite figured all that out yet. So here's what you got to do. You got to subscribe at YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your shows. Just go to LockedOnMizzou.com 
for all your links. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen. Now check out Locked On Sports today for your second listen. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. That's Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get finer podcasts. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mizzou.